Welcome back to another episode of the Higher Love with Megan podcast, talking all things mind, body, soul, healing and expansion with me, your host, Megan Cooper. Up on the podcast this week, we have Felix Price. After a spiritual awakening age 20, Felix has spent the last 18 years exploring different traditions and developed a synergy of systems that complement each other to create what he calls mixed spiritual arts. This acts as an open umbrella term for all forms of spirituality, sharing the foundation of love, health, gratitude and dedication, ranging across art, music, movement, ceremony and much more. With Felix's diverse travels, experiencing diverse spiritual traditions and technologies, I was interested to speak to him about how to connect, what these cultures share, what we've as a culture lost or neglected, and what we seem to be re-seeking individually and collectively. This is an incredibly thought-provoking and super interesting conversation, and for me, it really blows the lid off our perception of reality and also what we define as spiritual. In essence, mixed spiritual arts for the modern day. Enjoy. Okay, Felix. Well, I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. So thanks for being here. Ah, thank you so much. Yeah, very excited to be here. Love this. Thank you. Awesome. So how about we begin with a little bit of an introduction to yourself? Yeah, sure. So I was born in London in 1985. And I grew up in a very artistic family. So making art and paintings and music was always a big part of my life. I left school, went to art college and was passionate about making paintings and artwork and creativity and expression like that. Uh, and then I had a spiritual experience uh, when I was 20 at the Glastonbury Festival that opened my eyes to a whole new realm of realities, spirituality, uh, universal connection and universal consciousness and after that experience i became really really interested in spirituality and then for the last 18 years i've been exploring different traditions from different parts of the world and traveling lots of traveling and then going far away from society and modern life and then coming back to it and integrating it and doing my best to create something that make a spiritual practice appropriate for the modern world and i call that mixed spiritual arts and me and my wife created a foundation of community called urban avatars so that's what i share i call it urban avatars mixed spiritual arts which is like an umbrella term for everything that i do and share and practice being fine art music and spirituality ceremonies well-being meditation mm, awesome how would you generally expand on that mixed spiritual arts what does it encompass yeah so it's it's open for for all forms of of art art really and with it being open to a spiritual element, a spiritual aspect of it, I guess that would that's kind of a defining filter. Like, is it <laughs> is is this spiritual? Like, could you call this spiritual? And for me, I can actually think I can see spirituality everywhere. So for me, it's everything. I guess for someone else looking looking in on it, it's the 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 doorway, the threshold is spirituality like are you interested at all in in like spirituality in any of its forms if so (laughs) here's what we're offering it it can be anything it can be anything within within that realm i believe that it is already widely practiced it is actually already like the environment that lots of people live in and experience is already spiritual arts it's just it's just i i was seeking a term to to describe it, I'd, I'd done training in India with the Himalayan traditions and yoga and Buddhism and Qigong and uh, had these different traditions. And for years, used to use the, the phrase yoga teacher and yoga classes and advertise myself as a yoga yoga teacher and yoga studios and stuff. And, and I felt at some point out of respect for the the mix that i was being inspired to share that there was something there was another way to describe it rather than calling it something yoga or some kind of yoga but yoga is yoga <laughs> yoga has been yoga for thousands and thousands of years out of respect for yoga i'll i'll, I'll channel I'll, I'll call in i'll create a new name that can give me like free license to to mix everything and and adapt it to different situations so i 
had begun practicing uh, mixed martial arts classes at the time, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, watching MMA, like, like inspired by that. And I, I was like, okay, MMA, that's simple. Like, they get it. What, what, what is MMA? It's, it's a whole mix of all the different of all the different traditions from here, there and everywhere. And you go in that thing and the guys can do, do any kind of the mixtures really. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a bit of yoga, a bit of Qigong, a bit of Amazon, a bit of Africa, a bit of Stonehenge, a bit of North America. Like, what is this? How, how can I describe this? And it was like, boom, mixed spiritual arts. Awesome. So what would you say are the main things that you're trying to teach people or for people to experience through your work, through experiencing mixed spiritual arts? Great question. I think there's layers, checkpoints to, to this that really start with pain being the first thing to address. It's like once that's, it's like a pyramid or something, you know, like, and the base is b- becoming pain-free. It's, it's what inspired the beginning of my whole journey, this intense back pain and sciatica of trapped nerves and stuff, because I was very tight, tightly, um, grew very fast and my posture was all out of alignment and I had these really tight nerves in the legs and I started getting really bad back pain. Went to my first yoga classes and then felt it all melt away. That was life-changing for me as well, like being able to feel it move away just by listening to this woman describe the relaxation and doing some of these stretches. I literally walked out of the class and then into this park nearby and then met up with some friends and was just saying oh, what I'd done. I'd just been to this class and I'm like, oh, what happened? What was that like? And I just kind of described it. And one of my friends was like, oh, yeah, I've got really bad back actually right now. And I said, oh, look, try, wait, try this. And I did like this cat stretch, like the kind of up dog, down dog. And he did a few, he did like three. And he was like, oh, my back, back pain's gone. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was easy. See, that's all you needed to do. And that, that was kind of like my first class and my first straight away began kind of sharing it with people. But I guess it was was inspired by the relief I felt from relieving the pain. So there's, as kind of a, as as a beginning thing, it's helping people get out of pain, helping people release unnecessary tensions or get realigned or, you know, unknot trapped nerves or something so that their body isn't isn't in pain. That that one really like, that really bugs me in a way, like seeing, like feeling people in pain and being, knowing, knowing th- simple things that they could do to, to release it and, and let it go. So there's that at like the base. And then I guess like layers and layers of refinement towards becoming pain-free and then becoming the opposite of pain-free, which is full of joy, full of bliss, like feeling great, having healthy relationships, Based all the things I, sh- I share on three main things, self-love, gratitude, and dedication. Helping people connect with their, with their own self-love. That repeatedly, over many, many different encounters with traditions and teachers, really stuck out as a really, really important foundation for anything spiritual, is the way that we feel about ourselves. And how we feel about ourselves reflects how we interact with everybody else. So that's been like the main, main root of my, of my own practice, self-love. And then sharing that with other people, helping them connect with themselves. Beyond that, higher and higher, it goes beyond and it goes up to learning new abilities and ultimately beginning to really question uh, our models of reality as a society living in 2023. Now, this like the state of consciousness, like the, the frequency of consciousness that we share and beginning to test that, challenge it expand it beyond the kind of like normal layers and levels of ability that we perceive um, are possible and going into new areas of research i call it levitation research yeah traveling around india and meeting these mystics and gurus and reading these legends and myths one of the these things like occurred again and again of the the potential we have as humans, the human potential is beyond, far, far greater than it is, than is currently like widely accepted or understood. Um, 
but they were always like these very mystic examples of saints being able to fly or levitate or teleport or the the magicians or the shamans like walking skywalkers and all these things felt very very far away and and mystic um and i just at some point was like well if someone could just do that in front of other people like clearly plainly that would be a really interesting moment for for humanity we have we have a we have a calendar that is based we say the year is 2023 what 2023 what years since the story of a man was recorded who for a brief period demonstrated different abilities abilities of a different different uh level or frequency than those around him you know? like a whole society is so based around the story of this one person and i was like well what if we just started doing that again that would be really interesting so i see like this very interesting journey for for society now but currently no one's doing that you see david, like david blaine does some amazing things and magicians do amazing illusions or even to see like usain bolt run 100 meters in nine seconds is is amazing but it's still within like the physical parameters of, of possibility that we that we accept there's there's currently no one like demonstrating supernatural abilities so i just i find that very interesting and i find it very interesting that i i believe that it's possible but i haven't ever seen it i haven't never done it myself i haven't done it myself but it, but i share it because every time i'm in the journeys in deep psychedelic states it's what i see <laughs> it's what i get shown and it's in some, in many ways, it's what I get told to do. But in, in these, in these extra dimensional realities, they're like, this is what's going to happen. You got this, it's going to be doing this soon and someone's going to be the first person. So just ride, you know, ride the wave. So that's what I'm going pain-free, feel good, learn how to fly. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you, seeing you do that. <laughs> Make it, it possible yeah. for all of us. <laughs> With all of the different teachings, practices, modalities, lineages that you have combined through mixed spiritual arts, they're diverse traditions from different places, historically, geographically. But what would you say are the common themes or do they have common themes? Traveling all over the world, experiencing different practices that you then bring together that perhaps we've lost in our Western society? Yeah, nice, yeah. There's a lot of singing and dancing happening in, in lots yeah, of so true. <laughs> lots of places that have these things that help us feel good Sing, singing and dancing is a big is a big part of you know wherever you go around the world the drum and the fire whatever language people are talking in you know being in the circle around the fire making noises and sounds and everyone making the same sound together is a very is a very uniting thing and whether i've been in the himalayas or the amazon that that's a very uniting element north america south america england like all the all the continents that's a very universal aspect to it um i think as well well i know as well the the spiritual science of of understanding that what we're experiencing now i say what we i'll share with you what i'm experiencing is that i'm looking at a laptop i'm talking to you i'm aware of this i'm sat in my body I'm in a room, like all these things that I feel like I'm aware of. There's this experience and then simultaneously just like all around. There's lots and lots of other frequencies and dimensions, worlds of information that I'm currently not super aware of right now. <laughs> Stuff is looking like normal for me right now. Normal thing, normal door, normal everything, right? And yet, in certain states, altered states, we can become aware of vast spectrums of dimensions, extra dimensionals, extra dimensional realities. And I see all around the world, people have known how to connect with these in different, in different ways, had, had different technologies, different practices, different exercises different sounds, 
different movements, uh, different plants that they take. And then it's possible to go into different states of consciousness and experience different realities. So I see that as, as universal, all, like all across, all across the world, this ability to journey into other dimensions. Mm, yeah. I feel that we are so innately drawn into seeking beyond, yet to a great extent, the mystical, let's say, has really become something that has been strongly eradicated or we're very disconnected from within our westernized society, as opposed to in a lot of other cultures. Mm. What's what, what's happened for us here? <laughs> I think, I think it looks like like on a big overview picture. I'll share this going on, going from things I've seen, and it's based on documentaries. It's based on on pieces of information that I've been observing. But and before twelve thousand years ago, there was a level of this level of consciousness that I'm describing was was all around was all around the world. And there were civilizations present that had been in this state of consciousness for a, for a lot, lot longer. And, and living and experiencing this realm, this planet in this way. And then there's a lot of information, it's very interesting to, to look at, that makes it really seem like a big asteroid hit the planet and completely in one day, completely wiped out a vast, vast amount of what was going on. So these civilizations were flooded, you know, it seems like it, maybe it was North America, and there was a completely different state with the ice at the time, there was way more ice, the asteroid hit the ice, massive meltwater, massive flooding, and sea levels rising, and all these civilizations that were on the coasts and in other parts of the world, are underwater now just went boom and it was the whole sky was covered in ash and for for many 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 years and i think we've been kind of crawling ourselves back from that really that i'd probably bet on that if i had to like i say I don't, i'm not sure i don't really know um but it is it's a uh, there's a lot of things that make a really interesting case for that and I think it's been this long, slow uh, crawling back from that point of like refining ourselves. And that did happen. And there's been many civilizations since then who've lived in like high states of, of connection and, and awareness and consciousness. Um, I think for us as, you know, I speak for, for even just me and you, like you have, English accents and grew up in England at this time, our spiritual ancestor, our spiritual ancestry was basically uh, annihilated like a couple of thousand years ago by the Roman Empire traveling around and spreading, spreading their empire. You know, before they arrived, like our, our ancestry in, um, in England was deeply, deeply connected with all these, uh, with the dream state, with the with weird, the web of weird, like, which is their word for fate and connection and, um, and the universe really, the, you know, the, the understanding of God and nature and the spirits and rites of passage and community and the whole uh, essence of reality was deeply, deeply based in this. And this this empire spread around and complete, completely disconnected that so i think over the last two thousand years as as europeans we've been disconnected from our ancestral ways of connecting shamanically tribally um extra dimension extra dimensionally to to our, our spiritual essence and home and roots so that it comes all this all these years later all these years later two world wars and then it gets to the point where like in the 60s out, out of the blue like comes these little little specks of, of magic through the tablets through the tabs and stuff where one guy in his bathroom can make enough lsd to dose 
10,000 people just in a little in a little cupsworth and that like spreading around and people gathering and having those experiences was like whoa this all right and there's this deep memory of it because I, I always find as soon as i'm in that state and and i open the third eye and and immerse in that it just feels like home it's like the most familiar feeling like waking up from a dream it's like oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah this yeah oh yeah like how could i forget how could i forget so that kind of like spreading around and then looking in the looking in the environment for like what connects because if you're like if you're say you're 18 in like 1968 and you all of a sudden opened your third eye you're looking around your like current cultural la- landscape and you've got the church really like the Christ- christianity was kind of like the only thing that's like share talking about god or the divine but if that's but then experiencing like a big separation between what you're feeling and what they're talking about then it's like like who 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 gets this and then it's like okay people in india okay they get it like so people go to india and india's like yeah spirituality yeah man like what do you want like this like they're so open it's such an easy temple to enter like no rule like a hindu yeah yeah have a dot chant this yeah no problem no problem it's very like get just get get started and get rolling and that that i think is like what's been a big um magnet for a lot of people because it's so easy to get involved with and then also now like people connecting with south american traditions because it's like hey yeah don't worry come in join us like we're good like we've been like they, their, their fire's been burning the whole like the whole time like it has its challenges and it's a lot of stuff going on and in india as well it's a lot of challenges but the the fire in the temple has like has kept burning the whole time so myself as a yeah you know white uh, british person that's where i found like a bridge to, to understanding what was going on with myself. It was, it, was Hindu, it was Hindu traditions, it was Amazonian traditions. And then eventually it has come back to uh, like original indigenous UK traditions as well, but it's, there's a lot of healing to be done uh, for, for us to connect with it. Because, you know, our, my father didn't take me when I was 12 into the woods and teach me, you know, the ways of the, <laughs> the fire and the earth and the water and all these things. And like, we didn't have that as like a setting thing. So I think the, the searching through other cultures has been a natural part of the, this big, uh, healing that's, that's been going on for, for a long time. Um, <laughs> maybe originated all the way from 12,000 years ago where, the, the the golden age of this spirituality was uh, destroyed, destroyed in one moment. <laughs> I love what you were saying there in terms of connecting into these higher spaces and actually feeling, instead of completely alien or foreign, feeling like a remembering, like a coming home to something that was always there. I can definitely relate to that. Feeling like there was something more to the world than what I was physically seeing and perceiving. Feeling like there was something kind of superimposed onto the reality that I was experiencing. And when I had my first spiritual experience, you know, connecting me to a sense of this interconnectedness, a sense of bigger depth more than what we just perceive or feel with the naked eye. And that really feeling like this coming home, like a big exhale, you know? One of my teachers describes it as knowing that and not knowing that, knowing that connection and not knowing that connection, knowing that love and not knowing that love. And I think that in our society, there is a lot of not knowing it, but also a big yearning to know it. It's like we're looking for something that we don't even know what it looks like or what it feels like, but we just know that there is something else. And that's why we're so drawn to these other cultures, but also knowing that there is such a big lineage at home for us to connect to as well. Oh, so much to remember. (laughs) Okay, so what would you say you consider to be your vision? Hmm. Um, Helping people feel good in themselves, helping people connect with good, healthy habits that support their well-being, 
their relationships, their impact on society, and bit by bit ripple out good feeling, health and health and well-being. You know, it's like the, the simple light answer is that really pushing the, the frontiers of, of what's possible. My grand vision is creating a, a center, like a self-sustainable center in nature to really be able to go deeper into my own personal practice and, and share space and hold space with other people to, to heal very, very strong, very important things. And, and really, as I say, d- develop and discover the, the full potential that we have. So my, my path has been um, about creating something that can serve a lot of people and then creating a space where to be able to receive a lot of people to come and, and go deeply and connect deeply with nature and, um, and themselves through, through ceremony, through, through just being in nature as well. And, and also creating places that are uh, self-sustainable with, within themselves, so indep- independent, um, off-grid, off you know, really like. I say off-grid, but then I, I kind of like, I, I've, at some point I kind of began thinking of very off-grid was quite a funny phrase. And I was like, well, it's, it's off that grid, but it's in different grids. It's still like an a grid. <laughs> yeah, grid of water and earth and the sun and the moon and the and the planet. You know, like that kind of grid, like original grid or something. But yeah, not dependent on the electricity and the the water in the pipes and and the food in the supermarkets. That that's been that's been a big um, mission for me as well. From from you know a long time ago, pre twenty twelve, there's a lot of bold, bold headlines and uh, themes going on in the different kind of conscious communities about 2012 and the, the purges and, and ends of systems and stuff. So I was like, right, okay, cool. Let's get ready. Let's, let's make somewhere that's not, not dependent on all that stuff. And, and that's, that's, still, that's still what I'm working towards. Awesome. This theme keeps coming up around ceremonies and you've mentioned you know, rites of passage and things like that. And it seems that from our society, the way that we live, ceremony is something that feels quite neglected, certainly in comparison to quite a lot of other cultures. Could you speak a little bit to that? The power of ceremony, let's say. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think the word ceremony is very, it's a very powerful word. Uh, I think that what it, what it, what it has the key to do is open up a different state of, of experience from, from the opening of a ceremony to the closing of the ceremony. There's something that can shift where it opens up potentials for different kinds of connection. Interesting when you said it, um, it did make me think of the coronation, uh, that happened just recently. Um, and even also the, like the beginning of a world cup or Olympics, we always have, the opening ceremony and a wedding ceremony as well. So there, it is still like in our cultural landscape and highly respected, you know, and highly invested in. Like I don't know how many, how much money the the king's coronation cost, or that, but it was it's a big deal. It's like a very very important thing that people very very respect and and really tune into. So it's interesting to to note though that there's that. On one, on one side, there's like the king's coronation, the ceremony of the crowning of the king, and yet such a like a lack of ceremony in day to day life, or for for the majority of people. When we spoke about the church and Christianity, Christianity has there's there's that's there's an element of ceremony in Christianity, but we're in this kind of gap, I think, as a society that is stepping away from what, that is clearly stepping away from uh, church and connection to Christianity and looking for something else. And that, that I found personally through 
uh, ayahuasca ceremonies. I think those were the first ceremonies that I went to. Before that, it was classes, it was workshops. Like yoga was based around workshops and classes. <laughs> I'd never been to a yoga ceremony before that, before that point. It was just, which I, which I also found interesting. Um, at some point when I was teaching yoga, I began to just call my things yoga ceremonies. So I had Monday to Friday, 10 till 11, Yoga, this is my yoga ceremony. I just called it a ceremony. Mm, I, I just call that. things, I generally call things ceremonies now. Like when I share, because I like, to, I like, I like the, um, the space that it invokes. Just, just, through, just through that word, like the invitation of like, yeah, this is, a, it's an hour on a Tuesday morning and you're just going to do some stretching and breathing. Well, this, this can be ceremonial. Like honor yourself, bless yourself. You're, you're, the sacrament is your is your just the air and the breathing your sweat. Cacao ceremonies have been an interesting uh, like bridge, like gap. You know, they're helping people um, move, uh, make the gap. Um, you know, bridges to deeper deeper spaces as well. Recently, coming into like the, the spiritual scene of the you know modern urban society and stuff. I love what you're saying there in terms of shifting the language around something being a ceremony or creating ceremony within our day-to-day. What do you feel like that does energetically? I feel it makes it feel a lot more important, Mm. makes it feel a lot more sacred, makes it a lot more special, more divine, even more more spiritual. It's like it raises raises the frequency, like it it deepens the honour of of the experience and, and puts it puts clearly on it that this, the intention of this is to have this spiritual experience. So I were calling them ceremonies for a long time. And <laughs> it was a bit of a funny one because a lot of people aren't used to it. You know, like people, there's things that people kind of got used to with like a yoga class that kind of became normalized. Mm-hmm. And I get what that ceremony is about. So when I put yoga ceremonies, it was like, oh, what is this? And then go that journey. But I think it makes it clear. It's like it's just putting. It's being clear with what I'm, what I'm intending to do, and I'm I'm intending to create an ex, a space for people to have a deep spiritual experience. But even even if it's an hour through stretching and breathing, and relaxing, I can that can still happen. Mm. How would you say that your life is different now? from living in this way, from doing this work, from following this path? Yeah, um, so for me, before, it all changed on this like one day, this one moment, 24th of June, 2005, I can remember it so vividly of this shift of realization of that I wasn't like the only consciousness thing there was this higher awareness all around me and up to, previously up to that point I, I, I described myself I'd been open-minded artistic creative um, generally like trying to be a nice guy whatever like trying to be like a nice person and um, but I had no like understanding of God like, I was like I kind of say agnostic I, I, would, I, I had previously described myself as agnostic. I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know it's not. I don't know that it is. And I hadn't really been thinking about it that much. I was more interested in materiality stuff, um, cultural stuff, being cool, whatever, raving, like that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's more where my focus was. And then when I had this experience with mushrooms in Glastonbury, I was looking at the sun and then I was running through this big field with my arms wide open and looking at the sun and there were some clouds over the sun. And as I was walking towards, as I was running towards it, they like appeared and the sun shone through. And I just saw clear as, I'd, I'd, I'd never seen it before, but it was like, it's an eye. And it was looking down on me. And it was like the whole sky was this massive face. And I just saw everything's connected. It's the grass, it's the trees, it's the clouds, it's the... It's the sun, it's the, every part of the sky, it's everyone I'm looking at. I could just see everything completely connected. Like it was, 
this life-changing quantum shift of awareness. And I, it was just like the most humbling, life-changing moment that I like was completely immersed in like the whole day. And in that moment, I felt like, oh, this is how I'm going to be forever. This is what I'm going to be experiencing forevermore. This is me now. I'm never not, I'm never not going to experience what I'm experiencing, like what I'm seeing. I could see everyone's auras and the tree aura and the woman sitting under the tree and it flowing through everything. And then the next day, I kind of woke up again and my normal level of consciousness had returned. And I was like, oh, isn't this interesting? <laughs> I'm like, I'm back to, no I'm back to normal. But I could, I could remember. So I was like, have you ever seen those magic, those magic eye uh, games from when we were, I haven't seen it for ages, but it was like, if you, you'd look at it and it just looked like a random pattern. And if you kind of squinted, then all of a sudden you could see it. You could see like this picture that was in it. It was hidden. That at first you couldn't see. And it was like that for me. It was like having seen this pattern that was all around me and then not being able to see it again. And I was like, wow how do i how do i see it again how do i feel like that again like that's me now that's like the most important thing in my life that's is to is to be in that state is to feel that the whole time so i began looking into ways of experiencing it and that's why i say like i was looking for places and the, the, the easy ones to, to get access to were yoga and meditation and buddhism because they just out there being like yeah come join us come check it out and i'll go to like the spiritual bookshops in London and get all the leaflets and just be like, okay, what's that thing, that thing, that thing, and trying out stuff and Reiki and shamanic drumming and all. Like I was just super curious to, to develop it and find it out really. So I guess that's where I was before, had that experience. And then that began, that began my journey of, of uh, exploring and discovering everything that ultimately led me to India, led me to Peru and Brazil and, uh, you know, lots of times in different places far away, learning ways to, to tune into it every day. And that's still my, where, where I am now, like my practice now is to just, as often as possible, remember that state that I've, that I've experienced and, and look for it. Like I say, like I saw, I saw it in the sky and the sun and Glastonbury in these trees. But what I've learned is that it's not only is it there when you're in that experience, it's here and now, it's in this room. It's, it's in the wall, it's in the door, it's in everything I can see, but this laptop is, is it. There's nothing that isn't it. So anytime that I think I'm not in it, that's, that's for me to catch. So my practice is like, catch it, remember, stay in the memory, hold the memory as long as possible. That's really where I'm at, like, like day to day. It's like, it's like hide and seek with, with this cosmic self that's like all around me the whole time. Mm, mm, I love that. And it, it's kind of, it's a similar experience to something that I had. I went on a, like my first Vipassana retreat when I was, um age 25 day three I'm sat there and I'm like fuck's sake like all my friends were in Ibiza why am I here like what am I doing here in this room full of weirdos like like doing a body scan meditation I'm like I can't feel anything like all the numbness sitting there with like all the agitation and then I got to my heart space and it was literally like something opened up and it was this like beautiful interchange of energy that was like it, I barely wanted to move or breathe because it was so subtle yeah, it was like yeah. this something was unraveling something was connecting in a way that I hadn't experienced before and I just had this overwhelming feeling of like I can't wait for it to be the break time because I need to get outside and literally like ran like ran to the door opened it up and it was like seeing the world in HD like for the first time mm -hmm. ever, I was like, it's exactly the same, but it's totally different. And it was like, everything yeah. was connected. It was like the trees and the birds were singing together and the wind traveling through the trees and the sky was bluer, the grass was greener. I was like, oh my God, like, is, is this what I've been in the whole time? And having these moments, it was like, there was me before that moment and me after that moment. And similar to what you're saying that even when I'm, 
caught in the tussle of life and the day-to-day challenges and you know all of those things it's remembering that that is there all of the time and I guess creating our lives and our practices to connect to as much joy vitality freedom abundance all the things that are there all the time coming back to those places definitely definitely yeah it's amazing it's all around how does that come through in the inspiration behind your artwork you're a very talented artist we have one of your pieces at home how does that play into your creative process Mm, yeah so i so i'd always been making these drawings since i could remember um like this freestyle drawing of lines and shapes and patterns and colors and what people call abstract Mm. Um, but never really knowing what it was about and then when i had my first uh vision in the ceremony in the ayahuasca ceremony very very first glimpse i saw like within like just two seconds of this little glimpse of this swirling it was like black and white line this one and i was like ah that's what i've been drawing that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been painting my whole time, or this my whole life. Never, never been able to explain it to people. I was at art school, and they're like, "What is this about?" And I'm like, "I don't know, but I'm just I love doing it. I love looking at it. I seem to know. It seems to have like rules about how how the things got a space and how they're gonna pattern themselves. Like I'm very, very particular about it. Like it's it's freestyled, but it's like I'm very like perfect like this kind of element of perfectionism like when I'm when I'm doing it like I know when I've got it right and I know if I I can't even make a mistake with it like I hardly ever like it's something I just very 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 careful with like exactly what the rules are um the fractions the the way the the way the patterns connect the intersections of the lines it's very very precise um and when I have these these visions, these inner visions, like through the through my third eye, like this experience behind the closed eyelids. You know, you're in the you're there in the dark with your eyes closed, and instead of it being blackness, all of a sudden, colours and forms and shapes appear on the inside of your head. Um, this is what I experienced, and it yeah, it was immediately this, this very familiar space and very comforting, and this big relief to to see this and to understand it like ah this this is what i've been connecting to so what i what i feel happens for an artist artistic people or even just to say people who allow this artistic expression to flow through them because i believe that that everyone can do this could could do has the potential for this to happen others others seem to just be very uh, attuned to it and, and can allow it and flow through them is that through our sense doors the whole time works we're absorbing all these different frequencies and, and parallel worlds simultaneous dimensions are flowing in the whole time what's happening is what we're doing as humans with our conscious mind is filtering all this information to make an internal representation of what's happening outside. So I said that I'm, I, I can see the laptop here and I can see the door there. But really, the light is bouncing off, going in, going upside down in my back of my eyes, going through the optic nerve, going inside, being received, combining with the sound and the smell and the, the, the feeling on my skin, and creating this internal representation of what's happening, which is a tiny, tiny percentage of all the information. So all the information is coming in. And when I open up into be in the artistic state of expression, be drawing or painting or even playing music, what is what that can draw from is the 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 entirety of the information that's coming in. So rather than just the the internal the the thin slice of the internal representation, the artistic expression can draw on the entire feed, the entire um, inflow and from that pick out rhythms and patterns and, and lines and circles and uh, 
ratios and spaces, whether it's music, whether it's drawing or painting or dancing, we're, we're like picking up uh, shapes and yeah, geometries from, from my environment. So when I'm painting, I feel people will say like, where's it coming? It's coming from, not from me, but through me, like I'm a printer. Like a print, like a, if you have a printer, and you send something to the printer and it prints it out. It's printing out from the printer, but it hasn't, the printer hasn't really printed it. Do you know what I mean? The information hasn't come from the printer. You've sent it into the printer and it's come out of the printer. But the printer was just the, the thing that it got paint, uh, printed through. So I feel like that when I'm painting, it's not like I'm making this up for myself. It's just like I'm like, I'm like tuned in. This little part of me is like, tuned into these frequencies and I'm just like so I, I, I really enjoy it because in some way I think this was my way of connecting to the, to the spirit world to these to these other dimensions um, without really knowing what I was doing but when I'm like there I'm like seven and I'm like sketchbooks and sketchbooks of like <laughs> just drawing like drawing away the whole time What's, what's actually happening is I'm, I'm somehow I'm tapping in to these, to these frequencies. And when I had the psychedelics, that just kind of made everything a lot, a lot clearer as what was actually happening. Mm, mm. <laughs> and something that keeps coming up is this desire to connect back to this deep wisdom, to be in it, to let it move through us. Yeah. How can somebody listening who is feeling that, yeah, I need that, how can they begin on this journey? Think if, if you could just say two things, sing and dance. Like, just, just, just for the simplicity of that answer, sing and dance. And from there, um, tune into your dreams, dream, dream awareness, because every night this thing happens <laughs> to pretty much everybody where there's a certain amount of time that people can tolerate being awake and then at some point the human body will basically demand to be to be slept now that's going to be different for everybody whoever it's you know 10 10 hours 15 hours two days whatever at some point the human body is going to get get put to sleep and in that state if we can tune into our dreams our dreams Every time we dream is, is this way of connecting deeply with our own inner shamanic juice inside our head, our own inner drip of dimethotryptamine flowing through the inside of our brain. And when we dream and when we, when we see in our dream, when we, in our dreams, see images, hear sounds, have conversations, have relationships, flow through stories, these are all ways for us to connect with, with that space. So every night is, is a chance to go super deep. It's an opportunity. Um, if someone's not dreaming much and wants to dream more, eat earlier, have more time between when you eat and when you sleep. If someone's using a lot of cannabis, use less cannabis. That will, that will increase the dreams. If you want to um, eat, uh, experience dreams more, have a dream diary beside your bed. When you wake up, while you're still, one of the first things you do, you reach over, have the page open, have the pen there, and just write. Whatever, whatever is freshness in your, whatever the last things that you can see or remember from your dream. And even if it's one word, I remember I was in a park, and then, and then it might just, it can be like incense smoke just disappearing. And do that every day for 30 days, and you may find, like many people do, through the repetition, the, the connection to remembering the dreams develops and gets stronger and stronger. And then you enter into this experience of this possible experiences there every night to deeply connect with this transcendental space, state. So this, that's, you know, something I just say that because that's universal. Everybody falls asleep and everybody can have this, have this experience without needing to go to Peru or <laughs> to the to the um, you know to India or Bali or anywhere you don't need to go anywhere you can literally do it every and and the 
the abundance of the uh, opportunity, the availability of the, of the, of the opportunity, because it's going to repeat every day. That's, that's why I say, that's why I say the, the power of the, the dreams is really important. Now, that said, the singing and dancing and looking at your dreams, if someone really wants to kind of shake it up and go a bit deeper, then call to the universe to connect with some people who've got technologies for doing this. And you don't need psychedelics. It can be done with breath. It can be done with just being in nature. It can be done with pure concentration. It can be done with dance and drums and just even the presence of someone else who's deeply, deeply in it can, can really activate us. So there's ways to do it without taking anything. And there are many ways to do it with taking something as well. And there's many places in the world where it's very respected and supported and wild, uh, widely available um, to go and partake of a, a ceremony of, of some kind of powerful transcendental experience. And I, I, I really suggest that, you know, for me, when I had my first I had the first experience with mushrooms and then kind of went on a very straight, pure concentration journey for four, four years or so. Like it's working out how to do it through the past, going and sitting the passanas many times and through my daily practice on a mat of asanas and breathing exercises before having the ayahuasca experience. But then at some point, one of my friends came back from a weekend away with a glint in his eye, a sparkle, a twinkle in his smile. And I was like, wow, what, what happened to you this weekend? And he told me that he'd been to the ceremony. And I was like, okay, sign me up. I want to go. I went to that one. And then boom, I just was like, right, I want to go to all, I want to go to as many of these as I can. And I went from that one to that one to that one to that one and like began exploring it and going deeper and deeper into it. And you know, not everybody needs to do many, many. Some people can just have one. <laughs> it's like really good. And some people do a thousand and some people it's, it's different, different for everybody, but they can really, really help people make quantum shifts into understanding what this, this is all about. Like before I had the, I'd had deep talks with people about God and nature and reality. And I'd looked at the, the chakras and the mysticism. Like I said, I've been reading these books about the saints and stuff. But it all seemed very like theoretical. Like I was like, okay, cool. Chakras, energy. Okay, I'm, fasc I'm fascinated, but I hadn't actually directly experienced it. When I began that year with those plants, it was like, ah, oh, okay, now mm. I understand. <laughs> so not needing to like, I didn't need to be like told the theory anymore. I had mm. the experience. And then I knew from within. Mm. Yeah, awesome. So how do you work with people and support people on that journey? Hey, okay. <laughs> well, ultimately, the plan is, as I said, learn how to fly and then just come and fly, just float in front of people and then help people. that be like, oh, right, cool. Someone can float. And I'll be like, yeah, we can float. And they're like, oh, right, wow, that's amazing. How'd you do that? I'm like, okay, cool. Well, this is all the stuff you got to do. As I say, that's like my like, my premium, <laughs> premium goal, just learn how to float, come back, show people how to float, and then that'd be the way to like, to demonstrate it rather than talk about it. You know what I mean? I was always like, all right, everyone's talking about it. Come on, someone come and do it. So anyway, that's like, that's, that's, that's a plan. Now, in 2023, here on the ground, <laughs> very grounded still, I've, um, I've, uh, I've made this synergy of the arts that I call the mixed spiritual arts and I share this in person where I am uh, I've been I've been living in Barbados a couple of years so I've been sharing this on the island with people here I'm coming back to UK now this summer and I'll be sharing ceremonies and retreats and experiences for people in groups and one-to-one -one. and I also do stuff online so I used to <laughs> after having years Many years, taught 25 classes a week of turning that, cycling to that place and that place and turning up and being in that space in my body and being able to teach the people who were there in the room with me. One of the things that happened for me with the 2020 shift and everything was that I got inspired to 
record my stuff and put it online and make something that could be shared across the internet that people could tune into without me having to be there. So for me, this is like, <laughs> ah, it is, is such an amazing, it blows my mind that like right now someone could be doing my, like I could be leading, my voice can be leading someone. I don't even know exactly what time it's being done or where it's being done. And that is super exciting, super uh, inspiring for me. So I, I made this um, online, I made a website and I recorded uh, these different uh, classes and recordings and shared them on there. And I've built a, a community, online community last couple of years. I've been sharing stuff on there. I do a monthly challenge called the 21 for 21, which is based on a practice that I put together that is 21 minutes long and the challenge is to do it 21 days in a row. So I have that, I have a group, I have a, a course that goes from the new moon to the full moon as well. I became very interested in, in charting it and aligning these courses with the lunar cycle as well. So that, and then also through my artwork, uh, making paintings and uh, prints and clothing and the different artistic uh, ex uh, exhibitions and experiences that I'm going to be hosting this this summer and going forward. So different ways, mixed, spir mixed spiritual arts, fine art, music. I've got, if anyone wants to listen to my music, I've got a podcast I call the Felix Price podcast, where I play guitar and sing my heart out for a while and record that and share that. So I've got some various ways in which like, I, I, I channel my, my feeling from from like the joy and the magic that I get through the ceremonies, songs that I've learned in ceremonies, songs that I've channeled myself, freestyles that I've put together and yeah, share that out there through, through music as well. Mm, I didn't know you did that. That's awesome. <laughs> that <there. laughs> a man of many, many, many talents. <laughs> oh, thank you. A, a, a channel, for, like I, like I say, like a, like a, like a channel for many different mediums. Like I've, bit by bit been learning these different mediums paintbrush mm. pencil then the guitar mm. singing drumming performing like calling people together but ultimately it's all kind of it's coming from that same source just many different mediums yeah awesome do you have any mm. final takeaways that you would like to give anyone listening yeah. don't worry be happy do your best Wonderful. Thank you so much, Felix. It's been really, really great. There's so much good stuff in here. So thank you so much for your time and your energy. Thank you. Thank you too. Thank you very much. Thank you for holding space, listening to me. And um, if anyone's watching this, I hope you enjoyed. And yeah, going onwards, See, I'll see you somewhere. Take care. Thank you so much, Megan. Listening back, there were so many things that I loved about this podcast. I love where Felix takes us in terms of connecting back to that sense of spirituality within the everyday, catching ourselves when we are just in this fixed view of reality as it appears to be, and really defining what we perceive to be spiritual, like big dance events. You know, I'm a big sucker for Deep House. For me, Deep House is a spiritual experience. But anyway, being at huge dance events, feeling the energy of the crowd, the music, feeling my heart so open, in those moments, we feel connected to something bigger and something greater. Similarly, I loved Felix's explanation of him as a human printer within his art, letting that deep wisdom channel through him. I studied art history at university and the thing that drew me most to art was that it genuinely moved me. I remember sitting age 17 in the Mark Rothko room in the Tate Modern, staring at the huge abstract canvases, feeling completely engulfed, simultaneously limitless and also tiny and totally insignificant. I remember thinking, wow, I feel so small. And not in a bad way, in a deeply profound and moving way, in a somewhat comforting way. And I would return again and again, year after year to that room just to sit and feel engulfed and feel limitless and insignificant. It was where I went to think, to not think, to just be, to be engulfed. That for me was a spiritual experience. And I love where Felix leads us here to the perspective that all these modalities, technologies, they're all vehicles to something beyond what we can immediately perceive, accessing higher states within ourselves. 
art and music and movement and meditation, they're not separate. As humans, we like to label and box things to make them neater to understand, when really they're all iterations of the same thing, or vehicles for transcendence, or seeking, connecting, expanding, being, connecting to something both here and something higher, mixed spiritual arts. I'd love to know your takeaways from this podcast. Please feel free to get in touch with me via my Instagram at higherlove underscore with Megan or my website higher-love.com. Felix and his family live in Barbados, but he's in the UK this summer hosting events. By the time this episode is released, he'll just be finishing up teaching at Glastonbury Festival. And you can find out where else he'll be via his Instagram at felixprice.uamsa. We'll be fortunate enough to catch his workshops at Medicine Festival in August, so if you're coming, check out the Urban Avatars workshop. We'll all be there. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, please take a moment to rate, review, and share with anyone who you feel would love this episode. Until next time, big love. (laughs) 